Don Mockholtz, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 39, for the week of September 30th, 2020. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, September 30th, the moon is one day before full moon. Full moon will be the next day. October 1st at 2104 Universal Time. We usually do not look at the full moon as it's extremely bright and it has very little contrast. But this week we make an exception. Let's examine the full moon and try viewing a couple things. First, as we did last month and mentioned again last week, Let's see if we can see the effect of the moon being several degrees south of the ecliptic. For a few days around full moon, look carefully at it. Can you see some shading near the north limb of the moon that is not apparent on the south limb of the moon? It should be most obvious on October 1st. Second, let's try something I have never seen mentioned in astronomy literature, but birders, people who study birds, frequently do. Watch birds fly against the silhouette of the moon. I am not making this up. Many birds migrate only at night, and the best way to see them is to watch them fly across the full moon. So, um, suggesting you get the nearly full moon in your telescope or binoculars sometime over the next few nights. The moon will be bright, so use a moon filter, or, or almost any filter, or stop down the aperture of your telescope, or even wear sunglasses, sit comfortably, and watch the moon for at least 20 minutes. You will see birds, perhaps some bats, planes, and anything else going across the moon. Probably not E.T. on a bicycle, but you never know. This is similar to meteor watching, but here we have a bright moon, and we patiently watch for living creatures flying through the air. Give it a try. The moon passes south of the planet Mars on October 3rd from southern Africa and very southern South America, an occultation will be visible when the moon passes in front of Mars. Mars will be closest to the Earth on October 6th, when it will be 39 million miles from the United States and 62 million kilometers from the rest of the world. With social distancing due to the virus, public star parties are Mars Watch, as we used to call them, will be nearly non-existent this year. But get out there and see Mars for yourself. The planet Venus continues to dominate the morning sky. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week? 
which for our purposes begins Wednesday, September 30th, and runs through Tuesday, October 6th? Well, it depends upon where you live. This week, we have four zones. If you live north of 39 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky. But north of 56 degrees, that will be true only for the first part of the week. Ukraine, Canada, that is you. If you live from 20 degrees north to 39 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky, but not for the whole week. The further south you live, between 20 and 39 degrees north, later in the week until you will see the space station. Japan, Florida, that is you. From 20 degrees north to 35 degrees south, it will not be visible all this week. Most of Africa, yes, that's you. South of 35 degrees south, you can see the International Space Station in your morning sky all week long. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. For the last four weeks, I have been discussing my book, A Decade of Comets. It is a study of the 33 comets visually discovered by amateur astronomers from 1975 through 1984. The book is free from my website, donmockholtz.com. I have been releasing one section per week, and this week you can download the one named Podcast 39, A Decade of Comets, Part 3. Part 3 is about the time of the discoveries. Part 3 is so long, it will take us more than one week to cover it all. So let's get into it. This week I'll discuss the number of discoveries per year and the number of discoveries each month. In Part 1, which was Podcast 34, I discussed the number of comet discoveries by the amateurs and the professionals. Now, by amateurs, I mean visual comet discoveries. At that time, amateurs made only visual comet discoveries. That's no longer true, as amateurs today use CCDs and photographic equipment to discover comets. In fact, about 5 to 10 amateur comet discoveries are being made each year with imaging equipment. They are not considered visual discoveries. The last visual comet discovery was in 2018, and the prior one was in 2010 when there were two, and prior to that you go back to 2006. Almost no one is visually searching for comets anymore. I am and a few others, but most amateurs today use imaging equipment. The professionals who found comets from 1975 through 1984 were usually involved in other projects, and their comet discoveries were accidental. They photographed a star or some part of the sky, and upon looking at the image, there was a comet there. Wow, look at that. They would then take a follow-up photo to determine the motion 
and report it to the Central Bureau for Astronomical Telegrams. So as reported in Part 1, Table 1, and then again in another form in Part 3, this week's part, Table 3, us amateurs visually discovered 33 comets, while the professionals found 54. While most of those were accidental discoveries as described above, some were intentional. Beginning in the early 1980s, the shoemakers, Eugene and Carolyn, were at Mount Palomar using the 18-inch, 50-centimeter Schmidt to look for comets and asteroids that may one day hit us. There were several comets they found that the amateurs could have visually found if the shoemakers had not found them. Some comets found by other professionals would likewise have been found by amateurs if the professionals had not found them. For example, the very bright Comet West, discovered in mid-1975. That was discussed in Part 1. But suffice to say that amateurs found 33 comets during this decade. If this decade occurred 100 years earlier or if their professionals did not find comets, the amateurs would have found, then the number visually discovered during this decade would be about 40 comets rather than the 33 that we have. As it is, though, we have 33 comets in this book, and the rest of this book deals with them. One of the reasons I wrote this book, and, and it started out as a simple study that grew and grew, was to determine why I was not finding more comets. I was searching about 200 nights a year, covering the sky more than anyone else, and had found only one comet in my first 10 years of comet hunting. There must be a way to do it smarter, I figured. So the timing of comet discoveries was very important to me. If one knows when the next comet was going to come by, then get out there and look. Is there a pattern to inbound comets? What if we counted the number of comets discovered each calendar year? Would that tell us anything? Here are the number of comets visually discovered each calendar year. 1975, a banner year, seven comets discovered. 1976, two comets, both by William Bradfield of Australia. 1977, one comet, Merlin Kohler of Northern California. 1978, Seven comets, just like in 75. 1979, three comets. 1980, four comets. So it looks like we're having an increase. What would the next year bring us? 1981, no comets. 1982, one comet. 1983, three comets. In 1984, four comets, once again, on the increase. Comets do not communicate with each other and say, let's all rush the Earth next year, or something like that. So we should not be surprised there's no pattern to the number of comets found each year. 
I have heard that the number of comets can be tied to the perihelion dates of Jupiter, but we have not seen that in any way to be proven. Even though the book covers only 1975 through 1984, I have been keeping records of comet discoveries to the present day. A summary of that data is available for download from my website. It is called Podcast 39, The Time of Discovery, Full Comet List. Here we see the number of comets found in the first few years since 1984. Here they are. Remember, 1983 had three comet discoveries and 1984 had four. 1985 had one. I found that one. 1986 had one. I found that. 1987 had seven comet discoveries. I found none of those. Go figure. In fact, there have been 94 visual comet discoveries since the beginning of 1975. We make it halfway through that list, number 47 in 1989. So the first 15 years, we had 47 visual comet discoveries, then 47 more in the next 30 years. Since 1989, we've had 14 years with no visual comet discoveries. If I were to write a book now about the past decade of visual comet discoveries, it would have only three comets in it, short book, I would not learn much because I discovered two of those three comets. Which months were best for discovering comets from 1975 through 1984? The most popular months are July, September, and October, with five discoveries each. December is next, followed by November. The second half of the year is highly favored. Of the 33 comets found, only 11 were found in the first half of the year. But between those five in July and those five in September, there were no comet discoveries in August. When we add the 61 visual comet discoveries since 1984, we get a different story. We're now looking not at 33 comets, but 94 comets. With those 61 new comets, we add no more September discoveries, but we add 11 in August. Once again, you can find that data on the one-sheet handout, Podcast 39, The Time of Discovery, Full Comet List. One thing remains extremely consistent. The percentage of visual discoveries found in the morning sky and in the evening sky. Look at this. 20 of the 33 comets found in the morning sky from 1975 through 1984 equals 61% of all comets during that decade were found in the morning sky. If we look at all 94 comets since 1975, 57 were found in the morning sky. The percentage, also 61%. We talked a few weeks ago about Dr. Everhart's study showing that most comets first become observable in the morning sky. And this encouraged a lot of comet hunters to concentrate on the morning sky. 
So 61% of the comets being found in the morning sky is not at all unusual considering comets are first generally visible in the morning sky and comet hunters are concentrating on the morning sky. Now of the morning comet discoveries, in 1985 I found twice as many were found in the southern sky than in the northern sky, the score 13 to 7. Apparently, things changed significantly since 1984, as when we look at all 94 comets found since 1975, we find more morning comets found in the northern hemisphere than the southern, 31 to 26. And as for those comets found in the evening sky, in 1985, my study showed that for comets found north of the equator, the last half of the year dominated. For those found south of the equator, the first half of the year dominated. That pattern continued when we looked at all 94 comets found over the last 45 years. Looking at the perihelium date of each comet, that is, when the comet is closest to the sun, in 1985, the previous decade showed 20 of the 33 comets came to perihelium from August through December. December alone had seven of the 33 comets at perihelium. Now when we look at the larger sample of 94 comets found from 1975 to the present, a different picture emerges. This irregularity is, is not as obvious. The second half of the year had 61% of the comets at perihelium, and December still rules with 15 comets. It seems if comets randomly arrive, then there should be some uniformity through the year. Maybe our sample is too small with 94 comets. Or maybe they do arrive more or less uniformly over time, and those that come to perihelium in the first part of the year are more likely to be missed by the visual comet hunters are found by the professional searchers before the amateurs can find them. From 1975 through 1984, of the 33 comets, 45 times a person's name was attached to a comet. Some comets had two or three names, so 33 comets and 45 names would make sense. And some observers found more than one comet during that decade. In fact, 26 separate individuals found comets during the decade 1975 through 84. We will talk more about the discoverers in part five in a few weeks. Now, if we look at the larger sample of 94 comets found since 1975, there's 123 individual names connected to those comets. Again, some comets have more than one name, and some individuals found more than one comet. So in all of those 94 comets, 59 individuals had their name attached to a comet from 1975 to the present time. This week's handout of the full comet list has the observer's hemisphere listed for each month's discovery. That's also something that I studied in a decade of comets. For those comets found in the morning sky, in 1985, I was surprised to see that for northern hemisphere discoverers, 
They found 18 of their 19 comet discoveries were found from May through October. So if I was searching only the morning sky, it would seem that I would only have to search those months May through October when most of those comets were found. Now, when we look at all 94 comet discoveries, 57 were found in the morning sky. The majority was, were still found between May and October, but only 35 of the 58. Meanwhile, Southern Hemisphere discoverers favored October through March, and that is seen in both studies. Now, weather may play a big factor in this. The skies are generally clearer in the Northern Hemisphere in the second half of the year. The first half of the year, the skies are generally clear in the Southern Hemisphere. For the evening sky discoveries, the Northern Hemisphere discoverers seem to find more at the end of the year, while once again, the Southern Hemisphere discoverers find more comets near the beginning of the year. Next week, we will cover the remainder of part three of A Decade of Comets. We will discuss the moon phases at discovery, the day of the week for discoveries, the astronomical twilight time versus the discovery time, and finally, the discovery date versus a perihelium date. Are comets found on their way in or on their way out? Now for the comets that you can see this week. Periodic comet Howell, P88 Howell, is in our southern evening sky this week and is shown on podcast 39, map 1. Coordinates for this comet and a few others can be found on podcast 35, Comet Positions. Next week, after the moon diminishes in the morning sky, we'll get back to them. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don. Podcast episode 39 for September 30th, 2020. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's going on in the night sky, including the opposition of Mars, and we'll discuss more from the book A Decade of Comets, and we'll look at some comets in our morning sky. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.